Welcome into this dream house. My name is Kevin Kistner. Kevin Draco will be back next week along with Chef Mark. Draco has a vacation story that he cannot wait to share with y'all. He's going to spend the whole half hour next week talking about that once-in-a-lifetime vacation, so stay tuned for that. But with the sports segment real quick, I did want to talk about John Elway stepping down from the Broncos. He is no longer an employee of the Denver Broncos, and I kind of want to go back and look at the career of John Elway with the Broncos real quick. And, you know, he doesn't – we don't have three Lombardi trophies here in the Mile High City if it wasn't for John Elway. You know, he won two as a player and went to five Super Bowls and at that time was the most ever by a single quarterback. And, you know, he was a guy that put the Broncos on the map. Without without John Elway, the Broncos might not even be in Denver anymore. I mean, they could have been – packed up and sent to L.A. earlier or San Diego or, you know, I don't know. Just they could have gone anywhere. Um, But if it wasn't for John Elway winning two Super Bowls and being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, my opinion, he's a top three quarterback of all time just based off talent. You know, he was was amazing. But his career as an exec is a little bit different. You know, John Elway had a deal with Tim Tebow that first year and had a magical season, but – he was the guy who went out and grabbed the greatest free agent player of all time in Peyton Manning. And no other general manager could have done that if they were here in Denver because Peyton Manning was attracted to John Elway being able to win late in his career. And that's what Peyton Manning wanted to do. And we found out he had four years left in his in his football career uh, of his 18 years. And he came out and played. He played four of the greatest seasons uh in NFL history, I mean, at least three and a half. <laughs> I mean, that last year he was a little bit uh, banged up. But for three full years, he was unbelievable. And you don't, you're not going to find three better years from a quarterback in NFL history than what Peyton Manning did here with the Broncos from 2012 to 2014 and then the Super Bowl 50 year the following year. But the Broncos went out and had success. And John Elway put those teams together. He was, The domino fell when he went and got Peyton Manning. And then all the receivers and the dominoes just started falling into place for him. And then he went out and put together the greatest defense of all time together. So in a span of three years, John Elway created the greatest offense of all time and, in my opinion, the greatest defense of all time. The last few years after that were not great. But we all got to sit here and say thank you to John Elway. Thank you for giving us, I think it was 28 years being part of the organization and winning three Lombardi trophies for us. So, we got to say thank you to John Elway for that. Thank you so much, John. And enjoy retirement. Enjoy the grandkids and the family and all that good stuff. But let's get to our best of show. Let's kick things off with Annette Colburn, the number one travel agent in town. You do not want to miss this and why you need to use a travel agent when traveling. Are travel agents as popular today as they once were, or have they had to sort of morph into this other type of business within travel agencies? No, travel agents have always been around just as much as they were back in the day. Um, It's just when the internet got a little bit more hyped up and stuff, people started kind of doing their things on their own. My wife. But (laughs) then again, you know, travel agents are really coming a huge comeback now is because after COVID, you know, people were like, oh my gosh, you know. They lost thousands, right? We lost thousands of dollars or you know, we didn't. We had to sit on the phone for hours. We could never speak to a direct um, person, you know, a live person. And so then they're now they're like, 
I will only go through another travel agent. I will only work when I travel through an agent. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think what you just said, speak to a live person. Yes. People have no idea how much this world in every walk of life has become automated. And yes. It's, and it's a little frustrating. An example, I had a gentleman call me yesterday, and I answered the phone, and he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm actually speaking to a live person. And I said, I'm here, you know, so it is it. People want to talk to someone live rather than all these recordings. So I think another um, sort of um, myth that I'd like you to maybe talk about or dispel or tell me how you do it is, well, if I book through a travel agent, uh, I'm going to pay more. Because they're going to send me to the places they want to send me, which is going to cost more. And then I have to pay the agent on top of my trip. So the nice thing about it is when you work with a travel agent, you 90% of the time, 99% of the time, you don't have to pay extra to work with an agent. Um, We get paid directly through our vendors. So you get the same price as what we get but you're getting all those concierge services to go with it, backing you up on that trip and getting all the tips and tricks. We have everything at our fingertips. Where you're doing hours of research, we have everything at our so fingertips. So you're saying if I book uh, through you, yes. I'm not paying any more money? You are not. You're not paying an extra dime at all to me. And in maybe some cases, hopefully you're finding them better deals, I would hope. Yes, um, and the nice thing is, is, you know, a lot of people don't know that we can do the airfare, everything as a full package, you know, um, and they get really confused because they're like, I've looked for airfare here and there and I can't afford that. And then I turn around and give them a price and they're like, where'd you get that price at? You know, because they're, they're looking in all these places that are not legit sites for sure. airfare or hotels. Right. And, and I I don't know. For me, I've always find, found good luck. I just go direct to the airline itself right. if I'm going to really do that. However, and I want to throw this out there, and I think you, this is where people get fooled yes. a little bit, where somebody like yourself could help them in the sense that, you know, people go, oh, I saw it for, you know, $119 round trip. However, it was just that base price, right? Right. You can't select a seat. You may get bumped. There's um, three or four legs to that trip. That happened to yeah. me yes. once. I booked a cheap flight, and it was 11 hours. Oh. Yes. Were you going yes. to the U.S.? I, that was from oh. Cleveland to Denver. Oh, my God, dude. 11 That's funny. hours. I, I ended up going through Houston, of all places. Yeah, so I, yes. I, I think for the, the pricing difference, right? Cause let's, and, the, right? and the airlines were smart to do this. Oh, yeah, I got a round trip for 119 bucks. Right. Oh, wait, you want to bring luggage? Right. All right, you want a seat? Right. Oh, you want to pick your seat? Uh, oh, right? And all of a sudden, they're going, wait, what happened to my $119 round trip? And exactly. you would know that. And, you know, too, people will look, and like you said, they'll say the 119 but they don't go all the way through and get the taxes and, you know, everything else that comes with it. And they're like, well, now the price went up. I had it at this. Well, I did too, but you got to add in those taxes and stuff. So even if I have someone that's traveling somewhere and they got to do their airfare on their own, I always tell them, you need to book directly through the airline. If you don't want to be bumped, if you don't want this, that's you right. don't want that. I mean, um, bumping is a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I want no hassle. I right. want to get on my flight and I want to go. And guess what? I get it. I'm not getting the 119. Exactly. Maybe it's 219. Yes. But isn't it worth the $100? It is. 
It right? is. And get that travel protection. You've got to nowadays have that travel protection, even yeah. on your air park. You know I told you where I'm going. And yeah. I'm not going to talk about that as yeah. much, but I did not get the protection. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know the group I'm going with. Yes. And uh, I'm going to trust they're going to do the right thing, but yes. it's a big risk, especially for yes. the cost of this. It's Very like, big oh. risk. And especially when- But it was so much more. Yes. The trip was already outstanding. Yes. And then- for them to cover that, and they don't cover it all. Right. Right? I was going, well, this, like, I won't recover what, it wouldn't even be a drop in the bucket for what I would be putting out additional if something went wrong. It just didn't make, that. once you saw what it covers. So maybe address that a little bit. But I don't think people realize so, that, too. They're not getting their whole trip covered. Yeah, exactly. You don't get your whole trip covered. But the biggest thing is, is, you know, if you are sailing on a cruise and they have to fly you, you know, an emergency back to the United States, that's an automatic 10 grand out of your pocket to be flight for life back where that $200, $300 travel protection came into effect and would cover that. And then there are some trips where I, you know, I don't push the travel protection as much, but when you're spending Sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars on a trip—it's worth it to get that travel protection. So I would have, you know, more or less, you know, gave you the tips, and you still make that decision if you want it or not. But I would give you all the tips and say, right. and you're just saying, hey, why. in general, you as a travel agent, and I wanted, by the way, to do the insurance on the right. trip. I really did until I began to do the math, and the math didn't make sense for me. Okay, okay, it really yeah. just didn't, yeah. right? And um, see, and that's how I work with all my clients as well, is it's up to you in the long run. Sure. I'm going to give you all my ideas and everything, but in the long run, it's your idea. You and know, you've been doing decision. it for how long now? I've been in uh, business for 10 years. Yeah, so I probably should take your advice because I've been in it for no years. Right. How could people contact you? Just contact me at Annette at .com, um, or you can call me directly, 321-345-3659. One more time with that number. 321-345-3659. And where? Annette at mustlovetravel.com. And you must love travel. I love travel. <laughs> and I love to help I, I, my and people. And by the way, I love travel. It, I, if we could, if I could win the lottery, what would you do with the I would travel the world. You need to take a world cruise. Oh, there you, listen, we're giving thing. you some good ideas out there, people. Give Annette a call. She's going to tell you what to do, how to do it. And if you want to travel the world, and shouldn't everybody do this in their lifetime, give Annette a call. I have Cheryl O'Hearn here from Shamrock Homes. How have you been? Doing fabulous. What kind of things can I expect from Shamrock Homes? What can you do for uh, who Who is your clientele and what are all the services that you offer? So we actually have um, a couple of lines of business, if you will, right? I mean, if you're a distressed homeowner, meaning you've got repairs or financially distressed or something going on in your life and you need to sell your house and you're unable to pay the money and you just need to get out, like you don't want showings and, and those things, then we can buy your home and we'll renovate it and then we'll sell it. From a kitchen design or bathroom design perspective, that's another one of our lines of business. And so we bring our construction and our rehabbing expertise, and we'll help you design your kitchen. We'll, we'll um, provide cabinets, like that's our, our uh, line of business is the um, cabinet piece, as well as the design services. And we would work with your contractor, you know, to get you the kitchen design of your dreams. And... Lately, contractors 
come to the contractors of Shamrock Homes. That they do. <laughs> so because of our expertise and our years of experience, we're getting calls from contractors around the Denver metropolitan area, and they're they're saying, hey, we need to bring you in to help us design this kitchen for our client. And so we'll we'll come in and we'll help them. We'll consult and help them with the design, taking down walls or whatever that homeowner really wants. And we can work with the contractor to make that kitchen design, you know, fit their needs. Okay, so I come to you. I want you to do a kitchen. Who does the design? So, well, we're kind of, we tag team a little bit. Okay. But let me say, uh, I, being in a family-owned business and I'm the only female, yeah, the buck stops with mama here uh, for the design piece. <laughs> Tom does. Isn't Tom, that how it always is? Right? Mama has the final say. We, we That is a rule we've learned through our years of being in business. Well, they've learned. Through they've learned. Years. Yes, that's yeah. that's a great point. Great, Better way to say it, right? Yes. They've learned it. Um, Tom, our youngest son, he is very detailed, and so he will work up the design from a, on the computer software, right? He'll put that all together. Then I look over his shoulder and I say, no, we need this for functionality or that or this is the look we're after. Um, I'll work with the client to, client to select colors and kind of help put some of those things together. And so as a trend, and, you know, um, let's see. Let's go to the kitchen. I love the bathroom, by the way. I think it's such a fun space. But sometimes, you know, there's only so much it can do. There's so much more to talk about in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let's go to the kitchen. Uh, what is What are you seeing um, that sort of... trending right now and what do you see most of your customers looking for as it comes to kitchen design one of the biggest features that women are looking for homeowners are looking i shouldn't just say women homeowners right i can't say that homeowners are looking for is great entertaining spaces which is usually anchored by a massive island Mm. right large islands um, people are loving that because that's where everybody wants to congregate. Yeah, they're not even going to the dinner table anymore, no. right? Do you, have, have you had it happen where it was like, well, look, you can have a big place for a big dinner table or you can have a massive island. Which one do you want? Have you come across that? Oh, absolutely. Wow. And what do you think wins? I'm, well, I, you know, if this was, well, I mean, you kind of given me the answer, right? But if this was <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have probably said the table. Um, it's true. I know that has changed, and I only know that's changed because of uh, our good friend, uh, Chef Mark. You know, we, we talked about this three years ago where he was talking that the island is now the centerpiece. People cook around the island, they gather around the island, and ultimately they end up sitting and eating around the island. Absolutely. And, and what we usually are working towards is how to either open a wall or adjoin that space, maybe as it leads right towards an outdoor space as well, right? Or into a family room where the sports activity, everybody's going to be watching whatever the sports is, right? Watching the Broncos or whoever their favorite team is watching on TV. Well, there is only one team. (laughs) There is no other team. Is there? I mean, I think it's a one-team league. Yeah, I think so, right? Um, No, but I get that, yeah. Yeah, adjoining the spaces, so. I haven't asked this question in a while, and it's crazy, right? Because I do know styles and trends. They change pretty quickly. They're pretty fluent. Um, what type of countertop are people really favoring today? We're What's do, the material? We're still doing a lot of quartz, which okay. is good. I do have some clients getting into some other more natural pieces. I mean, those are like some real um, specific upper upper end kind of um, quartz slash granite. I mean, a mixed 
composite kind of kind of countertop. Are they doing? Um, I mean, are swirls out? I see a lot of solid colors in the countertop. Oh well, from a color perspective, I mean, some people want to go really wild, and you know, it depends. Like mm. if we're making the island the centerpiece, then we're probably doing the cabinets a different color, sure. right? And so we want to make sure that the the countertop doesn't distract from or that it comes in you know comes together with the uh color of the island cabinets right. right so it becomes in its own right the feature so it just depends on what look we're doing i guess i have seen for me right i'm like oh i like that kind of maybe it's just a speckled black right or it's a a, a white with some speckle in it right because to your point i think you get mesmerized but by some of these tops that are just the, the, the swirls and the and it takes away like you said the focus and the beauty of and what you guys really were so known for in the beginning which is the cabinetry and the beauty That's of right. the wood and and what colors are you seeing um i'm assuming natural woods on the kitchen cabinets but what are you seeing for the island still uh you know it depends i mean definitely natural wood somewhere in the space right um, we just designed one uh, for a homeowner down in Parker. She still wanted to do white with a blue island. And then we did a um, – the countertop was a light, light kind of uh, – um, a little vein of the blue in it to kind of pull that together. And then open shelving a, to pop the natural. A, was it a darker blue or a lighter no, blue? No, hers uh, was a little lighter blue. Huh. So she – it was a more custom look for sure. her. Right, yeah. darker blue. A lot of the the naval navy blue. We're seeing a lot of that. How can people get in touch with you? And I'm telling you, listeners, these guys do it right. Um, you really, if this is the type of work you're looking to have done in your home, if anything that Cheryl said uh, that they talk about that they do, and you're looking for someone, these are the guys that you definitely want to go to. Shamrock Homes. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, great question. Thank you for asking. So we've got we've got two ways. If you if you want to do something with your home, as in you need to sell it, you need to sell it quickly, uh, anything like that, contact us via shamrockhomes.us. Shamrockhomes.us. Okay. Yeah. I want to do a new kitchen. And if you want to do a new kitchen, check us out on designsbyshamrock.us. Com. Don't buy until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Save 30 to 60% on thousands of appliances. They get exclusive factory buys from the manufacturers at huge discounts and pass the savings on to you. Guarantee to beat Lowe's and Home Depot's sale prices. Save 30 to 60% from GE to KitchenAid at Appliance Factory, Colorado's appliance experts with a 4.7 star Google rating. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory. Work with a sleep expert on mattresses from Tempur-Pedic to Purple. Don't buy until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom, visit appliancefactory.com. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Kevin Draco with Chef Mark and our guest, Kevin Kistner and Braley Jones with the Hook Podcast. Nice to see you, Braley. Nice to see you. Thank Kevin, you I guys. see you all the time. I'm not giving you any time. Yeah, that's fair. No, no. Kevin's a great guy. And I, you know, I, I really found what you guys are doing sort of unique. Uh, Certainly unique here in Denver, maybe not as unique as you talk about um, Nashville. Um, But you guys feature and focus on um, country music writers. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, I started in radio, you know, 12 years ago, and I love looking up in and this will show my age enough and you guys will understand this opening (laughs) CDs. 
and reading through the you, liner notes. Do you know who you're talking to? I know. Okay, brother, I, I remember looking at eight, eight tracks. Exactly. <laughs> reading the liner notes. Yeah, those old hand crank Victorian style. <laughs> like so, this? Yeah. That's yeah. true, too. Yeah. 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 That's true, too. <laughs> yeah. Tattoo on his yeah. arm. So That's you're exactly looking, and, and, you, and it, would just, it was just something that you took a, a notice of? Yeah, I remember reading liner notes, and the record that we, uh, we actually talk about it on the podcast all the time with some of our guests of like, you know, what music brought them to wanting to be musicians. And the record that always sticks out to me is Matchbox 20 Yourself or Someone Like You. And I remember opening that CD from Columbia House, which, again, showing my age. And uh, <laughs> Did you ever pay your two cents? Heck no. Okay, I didn't think so. Reading through the, the liner notes and seeing that there's people that aren't in the band that wrote these songs. And in 2020, I came up with the concept of, hey, let's feature some of these people. Because in Nashville, there is guys who make – 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a year just writing songs from 11 to 3 on Music Row that people don't realize that these songs on the radio aren't written by, aren't always written by the guys who you hear. Yeah, and of course, you know, I, it brings me to, I love music, any music, by the way, chef, um, <laughs> including country. My wife's big into country. She was the, I remember her saying she was the only human being in New Jersey in 1983 that listened to country, and that was kind of a true statement. Um but there, if you look at some of the really big writers like um, Bob Dylan, right? So many people don't realize how many songs Bob Dylan uh, penned. And, um, you know, one of the other ones that you would, I didn't even know, and I happened to catch their biography, was like the Bee Gees, right? Like Barry Gibb, who, I mean, the guy had more hits. Whether you like him or not, that's irrelevant. These guys, they they were incredible in music history, However, Barry Gibb probably made, wrote more songs outside of the Bee Gees for other artists that became top hits uh, than you would ever consider. And I, I always found it fascinating. However, I would say to you I'm more inclined to follow the more famous people that wrote music. You know, these guys, a lot of these guys, right? I mean, if you said their names, would anybody really know? No, probably not. Um, you know, we just released an episode with a, a guy named Hunter Phelps, and uh, Hunter had five number ones last year. He had wow. five songs in the top ten on country radio at the same time. Uh, the guy, By the way, Hunter Phelps sounds very country. Oh, absolutely. But he's from Florida, which is <laughs> I funny. I thinking he might have been an artist. Like, uh, did, I hear, did he record him? Yeah, he's, he's just a tall guy from Florida. But, I mean, he's written so many songs that if you listen to country radio, you'd go, oh. I know that song. Oh, I know that song. And for Hunter, like the best thing for him is he gets to get up. He can get up late. He can hang out with his wife and his baby. He can go down on music row, write a song, maybe two on a good day and come home and not have to worry about it. And he makes more money in his mailbox from the royalties on these things. Right. Than all just of us up. make. Look yeah. Us. It's wild. Has there been somebody who really just started out writing music that you, uh, have had on the podcast that turned out to be a pretty darn good performer or certainly some level of success as a performer? Somebody that just, like, recently started? Well, you know, I mean, since you, you guys have been doing this for a minute now, I mean, does anybody stick in your mind? I mean, no one recent, recent has blown up yet. Um, we've had guys like Ben Johnson on who actually, fun story, he moved to Nashville with his two younger sisters and one of them was what 14 yeah one the, the youngest one was 14 they were in a little group a band together and they uh they ended up moving out to nashville and next thing you know he's writing some of the biggest songs with hunter phelps as well and uh you know they've 
they were put writing like a thousand songs a year, I think he said. But they would just sit there and like, okay, that one's done. Okay, let's write another one. Yeah, and I think what's kind of interesting in what I just heard is that, and, and I'm sure even if you went through time and even if you looked at other genres of music, right, it, it doesn't necessarily translate to writing and performing. You know, some of the bands obviously do and do it very successfully. Don't get me wrong, but, and in some way, I think most writers are comfortable sort of being behind the scenes. Like you said, hey, I wake up, I grab my newspaper, I get my uh, royalty checks, and I call it a day. What's wild is some of these writers that we have on could be phenomenal artists on their own. So we get texts from writer friends of ours all the time with demos, like from the writer's room, or something that maybe an artist said, oh, I I really want to hear what that would sound like. For me, so can you guys produce it a little bit more? And they'll text them to Kevin and I, and some of the vocals on them from just our writer friends are better than the version here on the radio. It's wild. Do you think these writers are just there mentally where, yeah, you know what? I just don't want to deal with all of this. Like, I'd rather somebody else kind of deal with it. Yeah, I think there's we we talked to a few and they're just like we're we just like writing. We really came to Nashville to write. You know, we didn't really come to be this mega superstar like a Jason Aldean. We just we really like writing songs for do other people. Do you think more kind of went to Nashville to perform and then became a writer or do you, no, more probably went just to write. I think it's more in our case, there's a lot that moved to Nashville to write songs and then they what they do is then they play these writers rounds downtown and in midtown and you know there's a place called live oak that if you're ever in nashville that is the place to go see writers around there is guys and gals that write songs for a living that you've never heard of that will play some of the most phenomenal songs with some of the most phenomenal voices that play on a thursday night in a random bar right down the street from music row and you would have no idea yeah the, that starving artist which uh it appeals to many myself included like when i first started cooking i was like i want to scrape by for a year or two but really learn and so i think that appeals to a lot of people yeah it's crazy to me too because like i come from the rock world where you know you write songs as a band you sit down in a studio and you 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 hash it out and you figure out the parts and everybody plays their instrument and you move on to the next one and you have a big whiteboard and these guys i mean some people they're cutting a song a week a song every two songs every couple of weeks something like that it's completely different so do any of these songs accidentally or on purpose end up in different genres yeah absolutely there we've had a writer on her name's Lisa Vanderheim and she is a, a big country writer. She's done most of the new Kelsey Ballerini record, who is a country superstar. But she wrote a song with some friends of hers that ended up being um, cut by One Republic, which is you know a Denver yeah. band, which is massive. And then it got a Kygo, who's like an EDM DJ, remixed it, and then it became this like worldwide thing, all because they wrote it in a little house in Nashville, Music Row. Some of the stories that we've had, and Kevin can attest to this, like uh, we had a, there's a guy on country radio right now named Jelly Roll, who's this <laughs> six foot seven, four hundred and fifty pound. He was a Hence rapper. He was a rapper at one point. Yeah. And we had a guy named Michael Whitworth on who writes a lot in rock and writes a lot in country. But he said that he was talking to Jelly Roll's producer, who's a friend of his. And he said, hey, man, I want to write with Jelly Roll. And he goes, "Okay, keep your phone on because it's like the bat phone. He said one night at like midnight, his phone rings and he picks it up. He's like, hey, Jelly wants to hang out. And so he said he rolled up into a studio kind of like this. And Bayless had sent him a track that they were working on. So he kind of riffs some stuff in his head on his way there. And he walks in and 
Jelly Roll's like, Whitworth, what you got, man? And he's like, right here? And he's like, there's like 40 people in this room. There's label people. There's Jelly Roll's whole like entourage. His wife is there. Our friends are there. He's like, I had to get in the booth, and he just like hit space bar, and he made me just sing what I came up with on my drive to the studio, number one song in, on rock radio last year. Wow. <laughs> All because of that random time that they spent together. Well, listen, on that note, we're going to end it on a hit. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoy you guys, man. And, and we're going to have to have you back on because I got like a million more questions. I yeah. got questions I wanted to ask you that I didn't even get out uh, because it's so easy to talk and talk music. And I love music. But let's tell everybody again how they can find the Hook podcast uh, with Kevin Kistner and uh, Braley Jones. Yeah, yeah, you can find us online. Kev runs our Twitter. It's at the Hook Pod. Yep. Instagram, same thing, at the Hook Pod. We're on Facebook. Um, and then you can stream us anywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Well, listen, you two. I'm looking forward to the time I can say I had them on air when, and look at them now. They're on the red carpet. <laughs> the best part is if you like this show and you hear how great this sounds, Kev produces our show. And so it sounds yeah, it's just not, not, as not great. Going, it, it's actually pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, I would highly recommend our listeners and Chef. Okay. To uh, go out and check these guys out. I'm checking it out. It's a whole other world, man. Yeah, these guys are my friends. I can't wait to support them. Uh, we're, we want a book report next week. You got it. <laughs> Episodes 1 through 37. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff Notes. All right, you guys. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us here on this Dream House. My name is Kevin Kistner. Kevin Draco will be back next week to talk about his trip. As well as Chef Mark, he will be back as well. We will talk to you guys next week right here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan.